Okay. All right. So let's talk about today. I got a new series of a, a new topic series within Men of Destiny that is very um, important to us. And so you'll see on the screen what my title is uh, for uh, a group of messages that we'll do here. And it's called Sexual Integrity, Strange Man, Strange Woman. Oh, Lord, we got to go there. Yes, Pastor. Pastor, we got to go there. Yes, we have to go there. We want to understand uh, what God's perspective is on sexual dynamics, because there is a whole bunch of perspectives that are happening right now. And uh, God got a lot to say about what he created. Now, if you created it, then what you say would be the thing that would be most predominant and would be the standard. As Miles Monroe told us years ago, if you want to know the purpose of the thing, you do not ask the thing. I would say you do not even ask the users of the thing because sometimes the users misuse the thing in a way that the manufacturer didn't intend it. All right. So he said, you, if you want to know the purpose of a thing, then you don't ask the thing. You ask the manufacturer of the thing. Oftentimes, a manufacturer will give you with the product, the owner's manual. <laughs> and fortunately for us, the owner's manual and the service manual for repair is one and the same. <laughs> but if you don't know the purpose of a thing, Dr. Miles told us years ago, abuse is inevitable. And so we want to understand it. So I'm just I got some talking that I'm going to do today just to kind of set this up. We live in a day when our society is over sexualized on one hand and then and highly intolerant to the hint of sexual accusation and violation on the other hand. Isn't it crazy that on one side, anything goes, you can wear anything, you can see anything. You can say anything, you know, on the other side, if you said something wrong, you know, just kind of sideways, then you're in trouble. Both of those are happening in the same zone. OK, and um, that's what I mean when I talked about we want to have a sense of the times in which we live. You, you, you know, people can put all of the stuff out there and then. If you look at it and bite it, then they think something wrong with you, even though they were showing. Okay. I'm just saying. There was a time when men could get away with sexual indiscretions and the institutions would hide and protect them to a certain extent. That day is gone forever. Now, this certainly isn't to condone bad behavior. I'm simply stating a fact of a male-dominated society. In the African-American community, sex and race have been a combustible combination. Where the dirty little secret of incest has lived silently within families over generations with no light and leadership to the detriment of the family line. It's just epidemic that people that can say, you know, this was, you know, something happened years ago and nobody ever talked about it. Okay, 
That's just something that happened. And I'm not, I don't know of anything. I'm not looking at nobody. I'm not pointing no fingers. I'm just saying it happened so common. And then people, it existed and nobody dealt with it or brought it out to the light or dealt with the uncle that was bad. Or And listen, sometimes it's not just uncles, it's aunties too. I had saw a tweet from a woman bishop that said, hey, sexual integrity will start in our families when we deal with, with men. I said, and I'm like, true, that's true. Because men are responsible. I'm, that's part of my Father's Day message. You're going to hear some more on that tomorrow. That's why we're dealing with it here. But hold up. Just like, you know, there, I, I see a lot of, uh, have, have you seen any of these uh, female teachers that have inappropriate sexual relationship with young men? Any, anybody know? So, so this kind of this kind of sexual stuff isn't just isn't just a male issue. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, that's I ain't going to say it was the devil. <laughs> that specter has faced our churches that these dirty little secrets um, that are not better in many cases than those led by the majority community, right, in African-American community and churches, which have gotten bigger press because they are bigger churches with bigger resources. Praise the Lord. We didn't have stuff in our little church just like they didn't have them in their big churches. However, the story of Potiphar's wife, who was a black woman in a black dominated society, and her Hebrew servant Joseph shows biblically what African Americans have known experientially accusation of defiling the majority woman can be weaponized against a minority male. What did she say? What did Potiphar's wife say when she brought her, her Egyptian servant? Look at what this Hebrew dude that your master placed over you has done to his master's wife, an Egyptian woman. Okay. In this society, accusation has been weaponized against minority males. That's our history. Now, you don't have to say, man, it's still true. And I'm not even mad. I'm just telling you, this area has a lot of minefields. All right? The bitter fact runs through our American history of slavery and civil rights and the blood of many lynchings are based on that reality of a weaponized accusation. You don't have to go back too far to find it. Okay, so. Pastor David, why? Why, why are you saying all of this? You just getting real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold it, hold it. We're going to get down to the scripture in a minute. I just want you to know why we're talking. <laughs> okay? Because you can do something wrong and you can do something right and be accused of something wrong. And both things happen. 
Some people think that just because an accusation is made, you already guilty. Hold up. Hold up. We have a whole Bible and a whole national history that says some accusations are not right. Now, I done already told you that there was stuff that was right. So don't say I'm saying everybody was lying. I didn't say that. Because there is as much Bible that talks about people that were misused, raped, um, done things wrong from a sexual perspective. But that same Bible who has to give, if it's the word of God, it has to cover the whole spectrum of human existence. If there is a case in the world that wasn't covered in the word, then I got to question whether the word covers everything. But my statement has always been that the word has every covers every issue of human existence. Because God can't hold me accountable if he had given me a standard to live up to. And he has to cover every circumstance. All right. So this lesson was based on one that was developed by my late bishop, Bishop Ben Jabert, to challenge men to live a life above reproach when it comes to women in the area of sexual integrity. But because of the things that ha have happened in our society, we must also challenge men to live in sexual integrity towards other men and children. Hallelujah. Okay. So I got to cover stuff. I got to cover a little bit of everything up in here if I'm going to really deal with it. Okay. Praise the Lord. The strange mix of our society is that we want to display perversion, but don't want men to respond to it. We want to dress suggestively, suggestively, but don't want you to respond to the suggestion. And if you do, you get the me too. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So in the midst of this, we have a massive human trafficking ep epidemic and an adult and child pornography industry that affects our, our world and all its institutions, including the church. Further, things happen in people's lives that, that cause them to question their identity and seek alternatives to God's original plan for sexual identity and sexual intim intimacy, which is marriage between one person that was born a man and another person that was born a woman. I had to make sure that, that was real clear, real plain. Well, as we have taught in Romans 10, God wants us to have faith to live successfully and to be right with him in every area of our lives. That faith comes through the teaching of a preacher. Now, I'm not standing before you because I've always been perfect, but I have been blessed to not destroy my name and reputation or someone else's life. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So part of how God has helped me before I developed strong accountabilities was reading 
of key scriptures from Proverbs in my youth that strengthened my commitment to Mary as a virgin. Hallelujah. The word of God showed me something. I said, yeah, okay, that's important. I want that. What I found was that it was, easy to, it was easier to go from having zero woman to have one woman than it is to go from two or more to one. Even though the math might be the same, it's a whole lot easier. Because if you go before time and get a taste for multiples, what you'll find is just like Lay's potato chips. It's hard to eat just one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm preaching. Really good here today. Further, when my first marriage fell for non-sexual reasons, I committed to not destroying my reputation as a minister by violating my sexual ethics until the Lord allowed me to marry again. And at that point, it would not be a violation. All's free. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I also built in a system of accountability that assisted in holding the course and responding to any infractions along the way. One of the things that I'm going to talk about, I, I last, last Sunday, I, um, I went deep on Father's Day. And if you hadn't seen that one, you probably should today before tomorrow. If you wasn't here and people went different places and stuff, and then I'm not even upset because, you know, it's Father's Day. You got your dad still alive. You should do something with that brother in Jesus' name. But if you wasn't here, I'm just saying you probably should make sure you listen to what I said Last Sunday before tomorrow Sunday, because I'm coming hard again, and you're gonna feel like I just smacked you if you didn't lead the if you didn't get the lead up to where we're going. Okay. <laughs> and um one of the things that I challenge men on that was different than the way the world has said it, and I even called out ministries that have said it different because they violated their sexual ethics that then and then they lost the power struggle in their marriage praise the lord thank you jesus that um it is not biblical for a woman to try to file, to mother her husband but it is biblical for a man to father his wife. It is the reason that the father brings the bride down the aisle and passes her to the groom. And it is the reason that Jesus, who is the head of the church, loves his wife as Christ loves the church, and he is the son and the everlasting father. And when that man hasn't gotten all the development because the father, I was asked a question this week, and it was a good question by a sincere woman of God who shall remain nameless. And she asked me the provocative question. What happens if your husband who is supposed to be able to father you, hasn't been fathered himself. That was a real, really 
really real good question. The answer to that is he is supposed to be in a circle like this and develop fatherly, brotherly, and sonly accountabilities that close the gaps. But what happens is most men let their ego get in the way and then they don't, I don't need no help from nobody. No, I needed help, bruh. My dad went to heaven when I was 16. I needed help. He was a good man. He had loved my mother, right? But he left before we finished my development, and I needed more help. The manufacturing process wasn't complete yet. I was still, you know, we call it whip, work in progress. I was still I was still in the making process and my main maker was gone. And so I thank God for my godfathers. I thank God for my spiritual fathers. I thank God for my brothers who when I went through the period of divorce, when I was at work and something would happen, I had some people listen, man, this is what's going on. I am accountable to you. And then they would ask me the hard, provocative questions. What you doing, man? Where you at? I had people who had the right to hold me accountable and I couldn't tell them, shut up and get out. Those accountabilities grew me up. And what I came to realize, and I didn't figure it out all at once, so, so you get the benefit because of the time of the video to have me read this to you in a compressed statement. But this took some years for me to figure it out. What I was realizing is I was having accountabilities and I was good, and then I would fall off accountabilities, and then my, my spiritual growth would fall off. And then I came to the lightning fast conclusion, duh, you need to stay accountable, and then you can stay growing. Now, that one statement, there's years embedded in it, but that was a good statement. That was a bought lesson, and it's a good one. And so right now, I have a web of accountabilities, including not just peers and fathers. Man, I got sons, and they get to call me out. They can say, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Hold up. I had one nephew, man. <laughs> it was something in my house. It was mine. Something in my house. And he was like, Hold up. What this doing up in here? And I was like, <laughs> And I had to do something with it because I was called out. I consider myself, a, I could have said, Shut up, boy but I consider myself accountable. I'm accountable if only as a pattern to him. And so I had to make some changes. Not because of what I was doing, but because of how it looked. Now for me, that circle of accountability is a circle of strength. And when any of those things fall down, then I'm looking for the what's, what's going to replace it. 
When my bishop went to heaven, I didn't say, well, I guess I don't need nothing else. Now, I don't need what I needed when I needed him. Because I got what he put in me. But I still needed someone to be accountable to. Still needed a general to, to salute. Didn't make me less than a man. You don't know who you are. Child, please. If you really know the truth, I don't completely do what any of them say because I'm still listening to God because each one has a part. But I'm at least, I, I have some circle that if something goes wrong, excuse me, if something goes wrong, somebody's here to help me. And as far as I'm concerned, I like the fact that my wife has somebody on speed dial that she can call if she don't think that I'm doing something right and she can't get through to me. And since I am asking you as your pastor to be that kind of voice in your life, it only stands to reason that I eat my own medicine. Accountability. That's how we grow up. That's how we fix the stuff that's still broken in us. We use each other. But you got to let somebody in. You got to put your ego to the side. You, you can't be, can't nobody tell me. All right, then let your broke self stay broke. It is the reason that I work to have an active and ongoing circle of accountabilities with spiritual brothers, fathers, brothers, and sons, all looking and checking and empowered to ask the very difficult questions. If your son looks you in the eye and asks you something and you know they right, you are wrong to turn them down. Even if you, the, the, shut up boy, I'm your dad. Stop that. If they're asking the difficult questions and you know they're right. Now they're being disrespectful. I'm not saying all of that. But if they're calling you out and you're wrong, even if they're wrong, you got to fix your right first before you judge theirs. Now, once you fix it, then, then you come back and get to them because you still got to be father. But you got to, you at least should be strong enough and man enough to acknowledge, son, I missed it in this area and I'm turning this around and then I'm going to hold you accountable to do the same because we're going to change our bloodline. Does that make sense? Further, independent of a scandal, without a scandal, I set up restoration processes and persons who helped me to move forward along the destiny path and I offer those services to you as well. In other words, you're supposed to fix it while it's still small and manageable before the world done put your draws out on social media. Don't wait till you get caught and then say, well, now it's time for a restoration. No, man, get some people that can fix it while it's still small. It's easier to crush an acorn than it is to cut down an oak tree. Fix the misdemeanor before it becomes a grand felony. <laughs> All right? Does that make sense? We, see, see if, if, if I can get you to the point 
where you will judge yourself by the thought that's wrong, we will never have to have a conversation about an action that's wrong. Jesus said it this way. You have heard it said that thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, if you look upon a woman with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery. He was trying to get you to fix the thought so that it didn't become an action. I want to fix stuff in my life with God so that people don't ever have to be involved with it. And I want to have people, when I have an issue, that I got people I can go to so that I don't make a mess of my life and make a mess of other people's lives. Does that make sense? I'm just trying to, listen, I need you. I need you looking out for me. I need you bold enough to look me in the eye and tell me I done missed it. I need you calling me and calling me out if necessary, if I'm not seeing to get the message. You know, sometimes, sometimes you might catch me and I don't have my wedding ring on. Let me tell you why. When I got married, I was a lightweight. Since I've been married, I moved up in weight class. And so sometimes my ring get a little tight. Ain't nothing about my marriage. Ain't nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. My commitment is still strong. Now, I'm telling you that because I want you to know. So sometimes I, lay, I set it down, but I, on purpose, I only set it down when my wife is around or I'm at home. Okay, because then she's proof I'm married, <laughs> ring or no ring. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, but I had a friend, you know, one of my covenant brothers, he was talking about one of his men, you know, a, a friend of his who used to try take his, his ring off because he wanted to go places and then didn't want people to know that he had, and it, he had a responsibility in a covenant. I'm not one of them dudes. Now, eventually, I'll get the ring resized or try to bring my size down, back down to the ring in Jesus' name. I'm going to do even my fingers done got fat. Boy, I ain't got fat everywhere. Ain't, ain't that crazy? But, but I just want you to know that it wasn't because, see, I'm accountable to you. you it's, it's legit for you to say, hold up, pastor. Um, I saw you. I didn't see your ring on. Is there something going on we need to talk about? Do we need to pray? Do we need to call the bishop? What's happening? I consider myself that I owe you an answer. I don't think it's, well, they can't tell me nothing. Stop that. I have, a, I have a sacred trust, not only to God, but to you. Does that make sense? If you build a circle like that, it'll protect you from some of the dumb stuff. This is really good stuff, isn't it? We should all feel capable of standing with each other and holding each other accountable to be men of courage, men of integrity, 
and men of destiny. In our last session, we talked about God making us both kings and priests. As we take time through this series, we will study how both kingly and priestly offices of men were destroyed through lack of sexual integrity and how those decisions created consequences over multiplied generations. If you jack up that stuff, it's going to affect more than your generation. That's why you want to get it right. And if you got it broke down, you want to repair it. Some people don't repair it. They just get old and their parts stop working. <laughs> but you'll be surprised. You know, they said they said sexual diseases are running through nursing homes. You'll be surprised. People find a way to do stuff. <laughs> All right. Let me let me move a little faster. Your decisions affect you and those who come after you. That's what we call the domino. That's what we call the domino effect of the fatherhood message. Further, in these series, we will talk about the pairings that happen. Proverbs describe a simple man that can be taken out by the strange woman. First Timothy describes a simple woman or a silly woman that can be taken out of their integrity by a strange man. We will discuss those in detail. Further, we will talk about difficulty and, dis and the discipline of God's standard as established by Jesus and case studies of those who got this thing right. I have a set of scriptures that helped me strengthen my resolve to live holy as a man, and I want to teach them to you and offer them to you as a benefit. Because this is men of destiny, I'm teaching this from a man's perspective. Oftentimes, women get offended and think men are prudish because they set up boundaries and borders to protect their integrity. For example, our current vice president, Mike Pence, follows what was called the Billy Graham rule of never having dinner or being alone with the woman who isn't his wife. Right. Further, I know every male that has lived long enough and kept their name and nature clean has some set of rules with alarms that he won't violate. Social media ridicules that stuff. Bent, but then comes for the person who is accused of violating community standards. Make up your mind. Why is it, okay, this person is, you know, super extreme, and then when the person over here does something wrong, both of them are wrong. Come on, make up your mind. What do you want? Well, regardless if they do or don't, we will. We will choose to be men of destiny and change our planet in our space by being the heroes our wives, our brothers, our sons, and our daughters need us to be. Further, even if that means we have to outlive the poor example set by fathers and others, even if I got to live, outlive a bad example, I'm going to live I'm going to live long enough to outrun a bad example, even if it's my own. So wherever you are today, you can start today moving forward. Okay, four, four objectives. Number one, to internalize 
the reason for committing to a system of sexual integrity. I talked about an accountability system as a part of my system of integrity. But do, what is your system? If you got a system, then you'll never be, I don't know what happened. We just, and then this happened. No, hold it, hold it. You, you, you should have had some boundaries before you come up with a, I don't know what happened. Number two, to understand the areas of sexual error that a man is subject to, to three, identify problems in personal sexual in integrity conduct, and four, to establish and apply the principles of the Wellwater system to set a strong foundation of sexual integrity. And I'll deal with number four a little bit later. But it's a, it's a, it's a good principle from the word of God. Let's look at, at 1 Corinthians 6, and we're going to read verses 12 through 20. Hallelujah. And it says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. There are some things that, that are not wrong, but they are not wise. Just because, you know, when people want to do wrong, is it a sin to do this? Some things is not about is it a sin to, it's just not wise to because it leads you someplace that you don't want to go yet. All things are lawful to me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Then he starts talking about the appetites. Uh-oh, because he's talking about being a brought up, up under the power of food as well as sex. Okay, Pastor David. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. Now, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? Anybody whom I have sexual relationships that I'm not married to? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who joined to a, to a harlot's body he who is joined to a holy body is one body with her. For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own. You are not your own. You are not your own. People say, it don't matter what I do. If you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you are not your own. Verse 20 says, for you were brought, bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirits, spirit, which are God's. Okay. Seven quick points from 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 20. Number one. There are areas that are not sin, but can lead to sin. Get beyond right and wrong and understand wise and foolish. You know, when you are a young Christian, you want to run up all the way up to the hairy edge of the abyss and not fall in. When I was a kid, one of the childish things I would do is I would try to test boundaries to figure out how close 
I could get to getting in trouble without getting a whooping. Dad would say, do something, do this. And I would say, Dad, why? Because I said so. Then I asked my dad, when he would say, do this, I would say, is there a reason or is it just because you said so? See, I was trying to get close to the edge without getting a beating. <laughs> I was trying to be a little bit smart alecky. You know what I mean when I say that? I, I was trying to get as close as I could, but stay far enough away that I, I didn't get swung on. <laughs> see, see, that, that's foolish. And there is a point in folks' Christian development that they do the same thing with God. It ain't a sin to do that. Behold it. It might be ruining your reputation. It might be opening appetites. You might be, you know, man, why does this generation believe everything they do? They got to be in social media. It just boggles my mind. I'm like, that stuff will not die. It's not going to go away. You're not going to be able to erase it off every computer on the planet. So I'm in love with this one. Then next week, I can't pull those pictures down. I got a whole nother set of them. Love with that one. You understand what I'm saying? Wise and foolish. Now, I ain't nothing I said was sin. We got to understand that. Number two, the Lord God is against sexual immorality, which is intimate sexual relationships outside of the context of marriage between one man and one woman who were created as such. <laughs> yeah, I have to be explicit and specific. Praise the Lord. All right, number three, when desires arise for anything other than that, run the other way. That's why the Bible says flee sexual immorality. Run, do not walk to the nearest exit. You know, you know how they, they tell you, you know, in the fire drill, walk, do not run. No, when it comes to sexual immorality, run, do not walk <laughs> in the opposite direction. Joseph ran away. Even leaving his clothes, not because he was trying to leave his clothes, because she was trying to grab him. Number four, recognize that sexual relationships creates a joining of spirits, which, of course, is designed for husband and wife. Deviated with others who are in fact, who are in effect, harlots to your destiny. So. Two becoming one flesh, one flesh carries one spirit. That's why part of the, the merging process of a marriage is the sexual intimacy. When people are intimate with each other, they start to talk and think alike. Some of y'all have been married long enough, you start to look alike. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying 
but that was by design. God made it that way, but he made it to be a part of the glue for a single, committed, monogamous, singular relationship. It wasn't supposed to be tried out with multiple parties. And so you got split personalities because you got a part of this girl and that girl, this woman and that woman, all up in you at the same time. You're schizophrenic. And then you carry that schizophrenia into the marriage bed. And so you want the one that you committed to to do the one that you do the same thing, the one that you fornicated with. And she can't do that stuff because she didn't come up in that. You created appetite. She can't even feel. And you think something wrong with her. No, something wrong with you. Well, praise the Lord. Number five, your body doesn't belong to you, but to the Holy Spirit. And Jesus paid the cost to be the boss. <laughs> Man, we, one of my mothers in the faith was a sister, uh, Apostle Rita Johnson, for those that know her. And... Uh, <laughs> she she was just one of these sisters and she would just say what needed to be said and she would just leave it out there and just make people have to clean up on aisle four it didn't really matter and one of the things she said um <clears throat> she said there's there, <clears throat> there's three purposes for your penis men um one is for play the other one is to produce, and the third is to pee. If you single, you only get pee privileges. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Apostle Rita, may you rest in eternity. I will never forget that statement. Hallelujah. I will allow it to live for another generation. <laughs> she said, if you single, all you got is pee privileges. You can't even play, even if it's just with yourself. I'm looking at, I'm just looking at the baptismal pool. So somebody won't think I'm looking at them. Okay. We got a deal. Listen. Oh, we don't should be talking about that in church. They talking about it everywhere else. They were showing on, um, I, I saw an article on the internet that people are, have taken over a, a, a video game on YouTube and they have created sexual images for the game was designed for kids seven years old and younger. And they have, because it's a community shared software, they have put images into the game of all kinds of incest and bestiality and all kinds of craziness to infect the minds of children seven years old and younger. Because some old man want to get out there and then they try to connect with your daughter and son online spoofing like they another kid when they're actually an old dirty man trying 
to get them to do stuff, send them pictures, and then draw them away from your house to make them their sexual slave until they kill them off. And then we don't want to talk about it in church. Okay. This is a church, not a monastery. Monastery said we're going to fortify ourselves and stay inside. We're going to lock ourselves and turn church into a prison. And that's how we're going to stay holy. No, no, we're going to strengthen you so that you, Jesus said, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. I'm just telling you, asking you, God, Father, to keep them from the evil that's in the world. Sanctify them, separate them through your truth. Your word is the truth. So the force field that you're going to take into the world is the word of God. Number six, sexual integrity is an act of worship to a holy God. Sexual integrity is an act of worship. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. It is an act of worship to a holy God for you to live a life of sexual integrity. God considers the fact that I'm only in love with one woman. This is my worship, all of my words. Now, I don't want to be up there worshiping and then I'm peeping at some other sister on the praise team. <laughs> I remember when uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor now Gerald um, Johnson, his wife, uh, Pastor Lynn, uh, was a worship leader, and uh, <laughs> he was saying, uh, she was up there worshiping, and he, she, he was like, you, you, you sexy, man. He's, he was, and <laughs> she was like, you're not supposed to be looking at me, you're supposed to be looking at God. Well, you my wife. I can look at you and look at God. <laughs> much love, much love, G. Much love, Pastor G. I got to call him Pastor. I knew him as G back in the day, all right? Um, Number seven, all sin is not created equal. The word distinguishes sexual sin as self-sin against your own body. Since every other sin is committed outside of the body, sexual immorality, you sin against your own self. You hurt yourself. But every sin is just alike. See, that's why you listen, you letting social media be your preacher. You got a social media shepherd or you going to let me? All sins are created equal. Then why did God call some things abominations? That does that says all sins are not created equal. All right, okay. Well, you come up with your own definition when you become your own God and you write your own Bible and you create your own race. But until then, I'm going back to the manufacturer who really did it and let him tell me what it is. All right, definition. A man of destiny who commits to sexual integrity walks in a total commitment to a biblical value system in public and private forums and sexual contact and relationships with women, men, and children. Yep, and you got to say all three of them. It's not just the sisters you got to watch out for today. It's the men too. 
For some reason, people have developed an appetite for kids. Boggles my mind. But you got to say it. You can't leave it to chance. A man shall leave his father and mother and be cleaved to a wife who is supposed to be a woman, not a child bride. Don't be a dirty old man. That's what I'm saying. Okay, five, five reasons why a man should commit to sexual integrity. This is where we'll end today, and then we'll elaborate on them in our session next month. Is this good? Number one, it is required by God. You do not get a pass. God understands my needs. He made me this way. He understands my needs. No, it is required by God. Your body is not your own. He bought you and he commands you to glorify him this way. You are not your own. If you only get pee privileges, then drink your water and just take care of business in the bathroom. Other than that, you glorify God with your body. Praise the Lord. Number two, it protects you from one of the tools meant to bring destruction. We're going to show you that why one of the reasons why this is a sin to you against your own body is you are sinning against your own life. It is designed to destroy you. Three, it is... It is a key to achieving and maintaining destiny. If I'm going to walk towards the thing that God called me for and then stay there, then I'm going to have to be able to control my sexual appetites. Number four, compromise in this area will only get worse over time. Stop saying I'm going to go this far and that's as far as we're going to go. And we're just going to do this, but then we're going to stop. The next time you do it, that won't be far enough. It's going to get worse and worse. Five, and this is one that we want to really deal with because we are destiny generation. Compromise in this area will be both visited and multiplied in the next generation. I know my dad didn't do certain things because I don't have certain appetites. Some battles I don't even fight. I'm not, I didn't say I didn't have no battles, and I didn't say I didn't have no fights. But the pattern that was set in front of me kept certain things from me. Now, if I wanted to, I could stir certain things up and then I could create my own problem for me and the next generation. But why do that? Let's just leave well enough alone. Okay, we're out of time. Did this bless you today? All right, go ahead. That's a place to clap. Now, listen, for those that are here and those that are watching with us online, please know this is not a judgment-free zone. I said this is a judgment-free zone where we're not here trying to judge you or anybody else. What we are trying to do is create the right system where we judge ourselves. Scripture promises us that if we judge ourselves, we won't be condemned with the world. And we want to create a safe space 
where we can strengthen ourselves before we wreck our future and we damage the destiny of those whose lives we touch. Come on, brothers, let's just close our eyes for a second. I want you to ask God to make you a man of destiny and strengthen you in the area of sexual integrity. Ask him to help you to set up the right boundaries, the right roadblocks, to set up alarms, not at the edge, but earlier than the edge, such that, that you never get to the edge. Ask him to do it and he will. Father, bless each and every man under the sound of my voice. Help us to rise up so that we can be the heroes that our fathers and mothers, our brothers and sisters, our sons and our daughters need us to be. Help us to repair our broken principles. Help us to walk in the light of sexual integrity. Bring us back from the edge. Help us to identify the little foxes that are at risk of spoiling our vines. Satan always tries to bring things small that he wants to bring big at a later date. Help us to identify that. Strengthen us to open up and share with each other so that we can walk as men of integrity in this season of our lives. Some of us are married. Some of us have had married and are going through marital challenges. Some of us are single. Some of us are single having been married or single for the first time, but having had intimacies where we've gone too far in the past that have created appetites. Wherever we find ourselves, we're asking you to help us to live holy because we want to worship you in this area. In the name of Jesus Christ.